Hey friends, welcome to Let's Be Clear. I am Clear Cherry Reeves and this is a podcast where we get clear, pun intended, about how to find a kingdom perspective in all things. No, really, all things. Whether it be about pursuing your dreams, finding hope and hardship, or just talking about Jesus, we will get raw and honest. I believe it will encourage you. Now, let's dig in. Happy Monday, friends, or if it's not Monday, like always, I hope you're having a great week. Um, Y'all, it is episode 24. Is that not nuts? I cannot believe it. It has flown by, but it has been so much fun, Um, and and so I'm just so grateful that y'all are here, and if you've been um, listening since the beginning and you're an OG, thank you because this has been such a fun ride and um, I'm just thankful. So this week we are talking about the word timing, y'all. It's going to be so good. Last week we talked about the word arrive and how we have this actual self, right? And then we have our ideal self and we tend to think we won't experience the good life until we reach our ideal selves which are often formed around perfection and unrealistic expectations. But the truth is that we have access to the abundant life all along the way because it's found in being with Jesus, and that's always available. Our actual selves are where it's at. That's what he's into. And so if you did not listen to that episode, I encourage you to go back and listen. Um, It was honestly something that I needed to hear and went back and and really just kind of ask the Lord, okay, what am I still trying to achieve? And what, why am I still letting perfection have such a hold on me in this particular area? And really dive in, into that and challenge myself. So anyway, if you did not listen, I encourage you to go back and listen. But this week we are talking about the word timing. And y'all, this word, man, we could spend seriously 20 episodes talking about this word. Um, and honestly, every other podcast could be related to this word, right? This Because it really has to do with everything in our lives, the timing of our lives and seasons. So before we get started, um, as always, if you have been listening, I know there's a lot of new people listening, and I'm so thankful. Um, but if you have not been listening, we always take the time to refocus at the beginning. So if you can, close your eyes. If not, um, then if you're driving, walking, whatever you're doing, then just recenter yourselves. We're going to refocus together, okay? F. Fix your eyes on Jesus. O, open your heart to receive. C, calm your mind. U, unplug from distractions. S, saturate your soul in him. Man, I just feel like if that helps you guys take a deep breath, and this is all that this podcast does, or that's all this podcast does for you, Honestly, I feel like I'm doing my job because finding a deep breath these days and and on the speed, like working at the speed that we work at with everything we have going on in our lives and scrolling and dealing with just all the obligations um, and the good things, but it's a lot. So I hope that you are just able to take a deep breath and um, stop for just a moment and pause and really take this in. But I think it's going to encourage you. So this week we are talking about the word timing. And I always ask you guys this, but what comes to your mind when you hear this word? Like we've all heard someone say, it just wasn't God's timing. 
And sometimes, to be honest, (laughs) that feels so contrite, right? So confusing, so basic, if I may say that, or honestly frustrating. Like, why would God withhold something from us now that would be helpful to our lives now, right? Or why would God wait to heal someone on the other side of heaven instead of here if they have a family that needs them? If we are going to receive a blessing eventually, why wouldn't he just give it to us now so that we could pedal to the metal and make things happen here, right? And we see that with the good and the bad, the timing of God is probably the thing that tests our faith the most. And so with this word, I really was trying to think about it, you know, like, okay, Lord, this word challenges me. If we put aside all the politically correct talk about it and we know what scripture says about timing but really digging into our struggles with this word um, and but how it can encourage us and so I wanted to talk through several treasures okay the treasures found in timing that we receive as we lean into God's timing and you know what I love about these treasures is they are all circular just like the gospel So as one is formed and cultivated, the others inherently become stronger. And you'll see this as we go through them. That will make sense, what I just said. So you ready to dig in? Okay. So the first one is patience. (laughs) Just if that work, I almost kind of frustrate you. Isn't that bad? We're like, patience, yeah, I'm good. No. Um, But patience is a virtue. It's so important. Isaiah 55, 8 through 9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Y'all, the reason why we tend to get anxious or fearful and in our heads when it comes to our circumstances and how things will come together is because we only operate in this time frame and window that we can see and that we can understand. Right, We have such a limited supply of resources and restricted views because we are not the ones who are omnipotent or all-knowing. But God does not operate in our time frame. How happy are you? Right? Would we worship a God that we could understand? No, probably not. And so he doesn't have to worry about our window of when we think something realistically needs to happen. And honestly, he doesn't owe us any justification or our comprehension. His ways are higher, better, and far superior to ours. You know, I think our anxiety stems from us trying to comprehend God. But peace encompasses us when we realize we weren't created to comprehend him, just to worship him. And to be honest, this is something that the Lord is currently really working with me on. Patience with my heart as I wait for a promise that I have just been praying for. Um, You know, we desperately want a baby. I didn't even know if I was going to really say that. Which is a whole other podcast in itself. But it's when we really, really, really want something and we begin to picture our lives holding that thing or walking in the fruit of that promise and in my case, becoming a mother, that it feels hard and heavy sometimes. 
But what I've seen and what I think all of us could attest to, if you think about it in your own life, when you have really just been yearning for something or praying for, you know, a specific answer or you feel like you've put your hand to the plow at your job or in your home or wherever it is and you've been patient and God has not answered your prayer or you feel like everyone else around you is not having to be patient. How frustrating can that be? Let's be honest, but here's the thing is that patience draws us in. You know, I can see him more clearly because I'm yearning for this promise. And honestly, you know what I love slash hate about patience? It puts me in my place. Like he is God and I'm not. He is the decision maker. I don't have to understand. He is the one who is the author of my faith and the guide of my life. And I don't have to get why he says do this or go this way or why there seems to be a detour or why the way I think is best is not necessarily how it's happening. Like that, it's hard, but this patience that is cultivated, y'all, it's such a treasure. And anything that brings us closer to the heart of God, that is what we were literally created for right? It's, that process is hard. But aren't all good things hard, usually, if they're worth it? So patience is the first treasure of timing. The second one is obedience. Can I burst your bubble really quick? I know, I'm probably pretty good at this by now. But God doesn't care if you agree with his timing or not. Even if you don't understand, it doesn't matter. It's our job to obey. I don't mean that God's not compassionate. I'm not saying that he is not collecting our tears, hearing our prayers, or any of that. Oh my goodness, if anything, our God is merciful and compassionate and tenderhearted. That's why we have life. However, we uh, obedience, we, it is not connected to the outcome. It is literally just our job as children of the King. And when we walk in obedience, regardless of if we understand his given directions or agree with his timing, we are walking in the wisdom that he is God and we are not. Like I said, that role reversal, right? We realize, okay, wait a second. I'm going to walk in what I know is true based on the only person with consistent character, which is him. Our obedience now is crucial preparation to experience the promise later. Y'all think about this. Obedience is like the training ground for our muscles to grow strong so that when we do receive the promise, we will be able to steward it well. Obedience does not obsess over knowing every little detail. Doesn't mean that it wouldn't be nice, right? I mean, we're human. We would love to have a few more dots in the pictures so we know which way the line's going to go and what picture's going to be formed. But really, we just do one after the other. You know, obedience thinks big picture and walks forward knowing God is handling the details. I think with obedience, um, it's really easy to talk about. But, you know, obedience is always linked to the next treasure that I'm going to talk about, which is trust. But a lot of times with obedience, too, I think we get so caught up in um, that layer of, of comprehension or the what if or... I think we really have to evaluate, okay, if I really believe that God is who he says he is, 
then why would I not obey where he instructs me to walk? And I think we have to be honest about that because really our our hesitation has way less to do with us, y'all, than it does with our view of God. Because really, when he said he knows like when he tells us to do something and he asks us to obey, it is all things considered. He knows our mistakes, he knows our mishaps, he knows where we're at, he knows where we long to go. He knows the hurdles that are going to be along the way and he still says, "Hey, this is what this is what I need you to do." And so when we are when we are hesitant to obey, we are still that shows our hesitation and our fear of what if God doesn't show up for me in this way. Deuteronomy 30, 15 through 16 says, See, I set before you today life and good, death and evil. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him, and to keep his commands, decrees, and laws. Then you will have life and increase, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to possess. Y'all, our job is obedience, and God's job is the outcome. Even when it's hard, we get to choose what is holy. So we have patience, obedience. The third one, like I mentioned earlier, is trust. Y'all, you know what I've learned about trust? First off, it is the gateway to everything good in our lives. It is also the best friend of peace. How do we access peace? We trust God. But also, it is much like patience. We desperately want it, and we need it, but we hate what it requires of us. And yes, I mean the word hate. I know it's strong, um, but you see, there's a reason why we don't get to know everything. And in fact, there is little that we do know, despite how much we think we do. Acts 1-7 tells us, He said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. Okay, control freaks, do you hear me? Look, I'm with you. I am so, man, I struggle with that. And I never think I'm a control freak until I have to step away and I go, okay, wait a second, yeah. You see, we have this little enemy that sits on our shoulder and wants us to not trust God And his name is control. And he thinks that if we know more, we will be happier. But God tells us everything that we need to know for the season that we are in, the mission that we have been assigned to, the family that we are a part of, the health situation that we are walking through, and the gifts and body that we have. The only thing we must know about our situation in order to trust God's plan is the one who is leading us. I'm going to say that again, okay, because that will probably eliminate a lot of the stuff that you will want to finagle and figure out in this day of yours, okay? So listen to me. If you have not been listening, I need you to tune in. The only thing we must know about our situation in order to trust God's plan is the one who is leading us. God's goodness, his kindness, his gentleness, his consistency, his power, all of it. That is what is pushing us forward. Ecclesiastes 13, 9 through 13 says, What do people really get for all their hard work? I have seen the burden God has placed on us all, yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart, but even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. 
So I concluded there is nothing better than to be happy and enjoy yourselves as long as we can. And people should eat and drink and enjoy the fruits of their labor, for these are gifts from God. I love that it says he has planted eternity in the human heart, but even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. He's saying, hey, look, you are citizens of heaven. That is your domain, your domain. That is your identity. You are sons and daughters of the Most High King, but you need to understand that until you get there, there's only so much that you know. And because your God loves you and because your God protects you and because your God is God and he has allowed us to just be co-laborers and working with him here, but not having the stress and the pressure of making decisions that we are not qualified to make. Y'all, we, we ask for the control or we say we want the control that God ha- set, has, but we would crumble if we had that, right? We can barely handle what kind of cereal we want in the grocery store. Like he is God. And so when we, like I love that it says to enjoy, to enjoy the fruits of your labor, for these are gifts from God. Let him be God. Okay, so we have patience, obedience, trust, and the next one is fulfillment. Okay, I want you to look back at your life. Okay, if you can, really take a second. If you're texting someone amidst listening to this podcast, stop it for a minute. Um, if you are doing a lot of heavy thinking while you're trying to listen to something and still let it sink in, I want you to just pause, okay? I want you to look back at your life and I want you to think about, can you see the beauty in unanswered prayers? Also, when you prayed for certain things, were you ready to hold the blessing of what they entailed? Because we all know that with blessing comes responsibility. The more that you hold, the more that you must steward. And when a door is open, we don't just walk through it and sit on the couch, right? We walk through it and we get to work on the other side of it. Looking back, y'all, I can see how short-sighted my view of fulfillment was slash is. I thought this or that would make me happy. But what I was really wanting was a solution that gave me comfort without discipline. But Jesus knows that we will never find lasting fulfillment in the easy. Y'all, he's way too good and knowledgeable and wise and loving to let us do that. He knows that we will only find it in the eternal. You see, Jesus is always working the long game. He knows what we want now, but he provides what we need for later. And so Many times he will allow us to get to this place of desperation. You know, there's times where we're saying, why would God allow me to get to this place? Or why would he allow this to happen? Or my life looks like this and I'm frustrated or I'm sad or I'm disappointed. Like what happened to, I I thought that this is what it says in scripture. Or I don't understand, like why am I having to go through this grief? No one else around me is having to do this. And what I've learned is that you know, sometimes, and those are sometimes those are even consequences of our own actions, y'all. I hate to say it, but a lot of times we put ourselves in those shackles, right? But it, none of this is because he's not a loving father. Rather, it's because he longs for us to actually know love. 
AKA know him, AKA depend on him. Because we are human, there it takes sometimes that place of desperation before we ever, ever get to the point where we practice dependence. And dependence is the way of fulfillment. Fulfillment is only found through dependence. If we didn't have to lean on God, would we ever experience true contentment? Second Peter 3, 8 through 9, 8 through 9 says, But do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but it is patient toward you, not wishing that anyone should perish, perish, but that all should reach repentance. I love that verse because I love that it I love that scripture never denies or runs away from what it knows we're probably thinking. Like I know that you think the Lord's behind, but let me just remind you, the Lord's not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness, right? He is patient towards you. Don't you know the reason why you're here, the reason why heaven's even a possibility is because he is so patient with your heart? I just love that that reminder. So we have patience, obedience, trust, fulfillment, And then we have two more. The next one is righteousness. Y'all, as we learn to wait on God, or should I say, as our human preference of timing is tested, and we are tested in patience, we learn to abide in him. We sit under the shadow of his wing. We meditate on what he says, and we cling to his word. And in doing so, we grow in righteousness. You see, here's the thing, though, about righteousness is that It's often not what we want to do, what's popular, or what's comfortable. It's often not what feeds our flesh. And usually what feeds our flesh is pretty full of pleasure, right? Temporary satisfaction. You know, I think we hear this word righteousness and, um, I don't know, I think it can can feel heavy. And I think sometimes um our religion gets in the way of understanding this righteousness and i'm trying to think of even how to say it but sometimes we just get all called up and we kind of pretzel our thoughts and then we just feel like oh my gosh i just i don't know and then we let shame get in the way because we just feel so inadequate but righteousness see we are always being trained in righteousness jesus does not expect us to be perfect that is why he gave his son like that's why jesus went to the cross right he took the burdens. He took the pain. He took the sin because he knew, he knew what we were coming up against and he knew the brokenness of this world. And, you know, we know Abraham to be the father of faith and a man who was righteous according to Genesis and Hebrews. You know, a specific way and the reason I wanted to mention Abraham is because I think a lot of times um, he's known as, you know, the father of faith and he's seen as a righteous man. And a specific way we see this is with him and Sarah, his wife, who were promised to have a son. And scripture tells us that Sarah was very old and way past the childbearing age. And God was still holding to this promise. So I'm going to read it straight from Genesis 18. It's 10 through 18 because I love the humanity that we see from Sarah and Abraham in this story. And I just want you to be able to listen to it. Um, If you can get out your Bible, that's all I always advocate for that. But if not, I'm just going to read it to you, okay? So it says, Then one of them said, I will return to you about this time next year, and your wife Sarah will have a son. 
Sarah was listening to this conversation from the tent. Abraham and Sarah were both very old by this time, and Sarah was long past the age of having children. So she laughed silently to herself and said, How could a worn-out woman like me enjoy such pleasure, especially when my master, my husband, is also so old? Then the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh? Why did she say, Can an old woman like me have a baby? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return about this time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid, so she denied it, saying, I didn't laugh. But the Lord said, No, you did laugh. Okay, y'all, my girl just straight laughs at God. She's like, for real? And then God calls her out. Y'all, and she's freaked out, and she's like, me, God? No way, no. And for me, reading this story, this is so refreshing and honest and freeing. Because we see that Abraham and Sarah's faith was tested as they waited for a child. You know, I see myself in this story, and I want to ask you, like, really put yourself here. Can you can you empathize with them? Can you see yourself here? Because we hold to these promises from God, and we say, but God, like, don't you realize my time frame? Or, okay, um, God, you promised this, but I'm looking at my resources, and things are looking pretty slim, right? Or, God, like, what's even the point in believing? Seriously. Like, it's too late. I'm too far gone. I missed it. Like, like it was a bus stop. It's gone, and there's no other ride. And that's how we feel. But see, what we see with Abraham and Sarah is that they were being trained in righteousness. Because let's be honest, we would never take the option to wait. Can Like, would any of you think about something that you really want? And someone said, you can have it now or you can have it later. Would you ever say later? If you say yes, no. I can't hit you, but I want to. No, we would have it now. We would never take the option to wait, but waiting is the training ground. So that's when when we receive the promise, we can hold it. And you know what I am realizing? And I, I've got, I'm going to make myself come back and listen to, listen to this and probably eat my own words. But as we wait for God, we often realize that the greatest miracle is our hearts being cultivated to hold the promise. I have seen that in my past. Like I said earlier, I thought I was ready, but I'm really bad at being God. And he knows that. Thank the Lord. So that's good news for you. I don't know what promise you're clinging to. I don't know if you're like, hey, clear. Um, it's been 11 years. So like good for you and your Bible story, but you don't know my life. I do know you're God. And I do know that this is true for you. And that sometimes... You know, we don't understand righteousness or the process of it always as it's happening. Um, But God is good and he is faithful. And those two things are true, irregardless of our circumstances. So the last one, the last treasure that we're going to talk about is peace. You know, knowing that God is in control of the when, like W-H-E-N, not W-I-N, should give us, and he's in charge of the win. Okay, both wins. But I'm talking about the W-H-E-N. That should give us so much comfort. Oh my gosh. It rids us of the constant question we want to ask. But what if I run out of time? Or what if the stars don't align? Or whatever the question may be, you know, knowing Who is the author of when each chapter begins and when it ends? 
Y'all, that brings us so much peace. And here's the reality of our lives is that God always has the final say. Despite every other voice, it is he who makes all things come to be. You know, this made me think of a friend um, that I have right now who her husband has been in the ICU and, you know, the timeline and the battle that they face ahead, it was all unknown to them. But what I have seen her say a million times over is this, no matter what the doctors, no matter what the test, and no matter what precedent says about his situation, we know that we know that we know that God has the final say and we trust his plan. You see, peace is the result of living in the truth that there's nothing God doesn't know and there's nothing he wouldn't do to protect his children. Everything is for our good and his forever glory. Y'all, that should help us find the deepest breath. You know, fighting for peace, and I know that this is a topic we talked about a lot, but it's not easy, right? All of these treasures, treasures are usually found through digging and sweat and tears and hard work, but they are good and they are the riches of life. So I want to remind you of the six treasures that are found in God's timing, patience, obedience, trust, fulfillment, righteousness, and peace. I don't know. That just makes me happy even reading those out loud because God is God and he's so good. Um, Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. That is what I have to tell you about right this second. Whatever you're going through, I don't have to know the details of your situation to know that you can declare hope in it. How awesome is that? All I have to know is the God that you serve is true. He's kind. He's loving. And he's with you. And so we get to walk in hope no matter what. Every week in the devotional, and y'all, the focus devotionals just came back in stock. I'm so excited. We've been waiting for those. So if you do not have one to follow along with this podcast, you can go on clearlystated.com and get one, or you can get it on Amazon. But every week I um, go over the very practical suggestion to help apply the specific word that we talk about, so timing, in our lives. So this week says this, as you start to ramp up and go, 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 remember timing and then take a deep breath and ask God to help you go at his tempo. Mm, Easier said than done, right? (laughs) Um, Okay, well, before I close up, we're going to do the Monday prayer. And y'all, I call this the Monday prayer. It's all about recalibrating, but you can exchange Monday for any other day of the week, and it is still relevant exactly where you are. So you can close your eyes. If not, no worries. All right, dear Jesus, thank you for the gift of another Monday. Your goodness is seen in the sunrise of the morning, the strength of my legs to walk forward. And in the steadiness of your word, I read, days filled with my focus on you usher peace into every part of my soul. Thank you for this week before me. I commit it all to you right now. Will you help me walk bravely in the instruction you give me, even when it doesn't make sense or I feel disqualified? Activate my faith. Will you assure me and my heart that you know my desires, you are aware of my shortcomings, and you see my needs? I don't need to fear. You hold the world in your hands. You can bring life into anything. 
You operate on heaven's clock, one that is not compromised by pressure or desperate because of deadlines. It is always right on time. Reconcile my mind and my heart with your tender kindness and truth. You never need to explain or justify your ways, so help me trust them. I yearn to live a life that is obedient, regardless of the expected outcome. I know that the fruit of trusting you is peace. Help me, Father. Spark in me the supernatural desire to live on a different timeline than the world around me. Fulfillment is found in resting in your character, in the perfect, all-knowing, and worthy name of Jesus. Amen. Oh, y'all, doesn't that just so encourage you? Um, I just wanted to say, I hope you have an awesome week. And I hope that you remember that as you're walking through um, whatever you have going on this week, and I don't know, like I said, the details of that, but I do know who is writing your story. I do know that the God of the universe, the King of Kings, he's on your side and he's for you and his timing, it is sufficient and it knows everything. He's with you. You are loved. You got this. I believe in you and I'm so thankful for you joining. Y'all have a great week and I will see you later.